Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bigly Blast. At the end of the most interesting Wednesday our football team has had in a while, after a press conference that revealed how the owner watches film with the head coach and defensive coordinator, after the Cardinals' debut on HBO's Hard Knocks, where DeAndre Hopkins essentially asked Kyler Murray, how did you not see me so wide open? We are suddenly looking at the NFL's worst nightmare, a potential battle of backup quarterbacks in a November divisional game. And that's because we also learn that Matthew Stafford is in concussion protocol and Kyler Murray is dealing with a hamstring issue and the latter has been an issue in the past. To become the player and the leader we hope for and the one the Cardinals paid for, Murray clearly has to get better. His ability to see the field is under new scrutiny, courtesy of Hopkins, and if he can't see the field, well this offense has to be totally reworked to suit what he can do. One thing though is certain, Kyler Murray has to get tougher. He has to show his teammates he's willing to sacrifice himself when the moment requires by putting one's face into the fan. And he's going to have to show the ability to play good, winning football when nicked up, powering through bumps and bruises and hamstring tweaks. The latter has been an issue in Arizona, and it will be until it's not. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury affordable with two great locations. Check them out online at ChapmanBMW.com. Again, I mean, divisional opponent, you know, we know what they do. Um, they've had our number, you know, since since we've been here. Um, but at the same time, like I said, we know what they do. We know that, you know, I feel like we have a great plan this week. Um, Coverage-wise, we know what they're going to be in. Um, Front-wise, we know what they're going to be in. Um, <laughs> just got to execute. And that's just, you know, that's been the moral of the story is just having executed. Shot ourselves in the foot many times. Um, and, you, and to win games, like, you can't do that. So that, that's, I feel like that's, you know, the focus is on us. You know, it's, that's where the start is. It's, you know, playing clean football. Um, all the other stuff, worry about that later. You know, you know, right now it's fundamental stuff. You know, we're we're, we're we we've been bad at that stuff. That's Kyler Murray yesterday on what the offense needs to do against the Rams. Now, at the time that Kyler Murray spoke to the media, we didn't know about uh, hamstring injury. No, uh, it was a walkthrough yesterday, closed walkthrough. So. There was no viewing on who was available in the in, in the open portion of practice. Uh, Kyler Murray did not participate. He was on the injury report. Um, to the to the gist of your blast, that is one thing we've seen a lot from Kyler Murray mm-hmm. in three plus years as the starting quarterback of the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. One thing we have not seen, and you're being fair in saying this, is when he has been marginalized by injury. He's not been the same quarterback. No. And the Cardinals, uh, and I think this was more prevalent in years two and three than one and four uh, because of the where they are in the standings. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cardinals have not been as good when he's been marginalized. Yep, that's exactly right. So year two was the, the famous game in Los Angeles where they basically had two win and get in games and they lost both and, and they, and, and each was worse than the last. They got dominated by backup quarterbacks in the case of the 49ers, I believe it was a third string quarterback. Uh-huh. Um, and then there was CJ ga- Beathard. That's him. And then there was the game in Los Angeles in which Kyler Murray got hurt and then just would not get back into the game until it was really too late. And, and that was a game when, uh, 
when some some of his teammates, I know this to be a fact, rolled their eyes because that's not what football players do with playoffs on the line. Um, and and yet we also kind of looked at it. Okay, this is a young kid who's trying to figure this out, and this is he's not really ever been a stand in the pocket kind of quarterback, and he's trying to work it all out. So we kind of gave him a mulligan on that. And then we get to year three, and then we then the injury happened uh, in the Green Bay game, the first loss of the season last year. And then he missed a few weeks, and and I remember quite vividly there being some level of expectation that he might get back to the field sooner, and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But when it did, um, after that Bears game, he wasn't the same guy. And whether there's you know cause and effect with that, it, he has to be able to play football well when injured because that's what all the great quarterbacks do. By the time you get to November and December, which not coincidentally is the time when 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 this team and this regime has struggled, struggles that that we all that most of us put on the head coach because it's a history that has followed him from Texas Tech. Well, it it's also a time when quarterbacks when you're nicked up, there's not a player in the NFL who feels good right now. Not, not anybody who's been with the team from week one. There's yeah. nobody who feels good. No, and and you heard Kyler say it in that soundbite. Look, we division opponent. We mm-hmm. know what they're going to do. They know. They know what we're going to do. Um, it has been a one sided rivalry. Uh, this will be if Kyler Murray plays, and right now that's in doubt. This will be his ninth start against the Rams. He's one in seven. The Cardinals are one in seven, and Kyler Murray starts against the Rams. The one win was in week four last year. That coincided with the one great game that Kyler Murray has played against mm-hmm. the Rams. Uh, in that game, he was 24 of 32, 268 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he also ran for 39 yards. But the Rams, that was right in the middle of when the Cardinals could do nothing wrong. Yeah, they were they were really dialed in to start last season. But the Rams also, in, in those eight matchups, They've held the Cardinals to 12 or fewer points mm-hmm. on four of those occasions. Yeah. He's been sacked at least twice by the Rams' defense, seven of the eight times. He's been held to single-digit rushing yards four of the eight times. The Rams are better equipped, and that's through different coordinators, too. Yeah. They're better equipped to deal with Kyler Murray than probably any other team in the well, NFL right yeah. now. Yeah, listen, I, that's because while Aaron Donald scares everybody, you can tell he really spooks Kyler Murray. I think that's just one of those surface observations you can't avoid when you've looked back on these games and and, and how skittish he, he can be in the presence of that inside rush that Aaron Donald, and, and that's a big issue for this team. They're, gonna, they're really going to have to go to Max protection a lot this weekend, I think, to just just out of survival. Yes, which means what in the middle of your line? <laughs> when Aaron Donald is lining up over center and it's Billy Price. Maybe Trey McBride it, can play center. <laughs> it's Cody Ford, and it's a totally revamped middle of that offensive line. Yeah. What do you bring in? I know. Uh, you know. Uh, do you bring in a tight end to to, to you know line up at fullback to, to step up and, and pass protection? I mean, Aaron Donald can wreck things. We yeah. we know this. Oh yeah. Um, and this but, Rams team, they're gonna they're gonna have their hair on fire, metaphorically speaking. I think the Jalen Ramsey comments are proof of that. That yes. team is gonna be on high alert. Because that team now, I mean, the the offense has been called out by the one of the best players on defense, uh-huh. and now you've got this issue with Matthew Stafford. And again, I really do not expect Matthew Stafford to play. This is this is why 
This is why when people started complaining about quarterbacks being treated with kid gloves, this is this is exactly these scenarios the NFL wanted to avoid. You've got Josh Allen in Buffalo, one of the big calling cards in the league. <laughs> Nobody knows when he's going to get back on the field, but clearly the Bills are, are, are thinking about resting him for a little bit, which mm-hmm. would seem to be the smart move. Okay? Yeah, if he's out long-term, they got no... Uh, yeah. Uh, and, pretty and much if, no shot. That, that, if he really did just sprain that lig- ligament in his elbow, that thing needs to calm down. Mm-hmm. So there's that. There's the Matthew Stafford concussion. There's Kyler Murray in his hamstring. This is the NFL's worst nightmare, is to have a parade of backup quarterbacks on display on a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. That's what you need is more quarterback protection. Well, it just... It, it, well, they should again, make it illegal is, for quarterbacks to pull their hamstrings. Well, right, right. There you go. Throw a flag on that. We've, yeah, no. And we, I think we all have to kind of check ourselves when, when we fight that basic reaction. Oh, come on. Let them play. Why are you protecting the quarterback? What's a defensive player supposed to do? And a lot of it is insane. We've seen some ridiculous roughing the passer calls this year. Yet at the same time, because, you know, I don't see other players in other positions being protected like that. Do you think DeAndre Hopkins is wondering, hey, what if I was a quarterback and I took that helmet to helmet hit? What would happen then? It's true. So, But but again, it's because the bad quarterbacks make for bad television. And the NFL is all about good television. That's what they're about. Well, and we got some good television last night uh, on HBO Hard Knocks with the premiere of the in-season edition with the Arizona Cardinals. And we had seen the pictures of an exchange between two Cardinals players, but now we've heard the words. And it leads to maybe a deeper discussion that we'll get into next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. What you was looking at, bro? What you see? Bro, you don't like that? You don't like the scene? Like you don't like the scene on the 50? Come on, bro. That's wide open. Hey, offense, let's go. Let's go. Offense, 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 let's go. Offense, let's go. I'm trying to win. Listen, same deal. Nothing, listen, nothing they're doing, right? Look, we had seen the pictures of DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray coming off the field and not exactly being on the same page at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't know what was said. Now we know what was said, thanks to Hard Knocks premiering last night on HBO. And uh, look, we wondered about what kind of editorial control the team would have. Mm-hmm. That's some good, juicy stuff right there. It is. That's DeAndre Hopkins asking, man, what are you looking at? I'm wide open. I'm your alpha receiver, and you're checking it down. And Kyler Murray saying the phrase that became famous <laughs> in a different with, context. With Cliff Kingsbury, yeah. mm-hmm. calm the bleep down. Yep. It makes you wonder what's going on with this offense. Well, it, again, one of the big question marks coming out of that game was why did the targets to DeAndre Hopkins suddenly stop, and and what is going on with that? And this that that exchange was fascinating to me yes. because it, a quarterback missing open receivers. You, you've heard me say this a lot. I, I've Ken Wisenhunt once called me into his office uh, to his office to show me game film to illustrate. To me, who had been very critical of him, how many plays his quarterback was missing. And I, I've I've shared that with people. Are like, it happens with every 
failing head coach in every city. There's it, football is a split second game. Decisions like, but when you're talking about your number one receiver and a guy that's been that instrumental and you don't see him when he's wide open, that makes you wonder. That well, makes you wonder how much of the field he is actually seeing. Part of that exchange, too, was, I will get you the ball, calm down. Mm-hmm. In the last 29 minutes of that game, DeAndre Hopkins didn't get the ball. Yeah. And and so, again, so now you, this, this ties into a lot of different things. It ties into, was his hamstring at a point where he was just getting rid of the ball as soon as he could yes. because he doesn't play well with injuries? Is this really um, a thing now where teams are muddying up the field so he doesn't know where to go with the football? If it's the latter... That's a big issue. I told you that that a lot of people are raving about Buda Baker, and I told you that when I saw the preview of Hard Knocks, I said this in real time, there was something about that that really alarmed me. His desperation reduced to tears, telling his te- imploring his teammates to do more work, to do more film work, and to the point where he's in tears. And I thought to myself, oh, man. It's that severe that that a player like Buda Baker, who gives the game everything, has has got so many guys around him who won't. And is that also a shot at the quarterback who had the independent study addendum in his contract until it wasn't? Yeah. It's hard not to think. I, these it things. really is, and it's it, it. And that's the thing. It's it's. And this is kind of this dovetails into the conversation we had about. Who should be playing quarterback this weekend if Kyler Murray's marginalized? And he was in the second half because this injury happened to him at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. When the fumble occurred. Yeah, that's when the, the injury. trainer say, hey, stretch right. it out at halftime. That's when the injury yeah. occurred. And we know that in the, in the second half, there wasn't much of anything happening with that offense except for one really good drive. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of all of that. But that's when you hear the words of DeAndre Hopkins, that gets a little bit alarming. Yes. And, and yeah, the film work quote from Buda Baker. Just the numbers. Look at the, 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 the nature of this passing offense. Zero verticality in the passing offense at all. Every NFL offense from a passing standpoint, to a degree, comes down to what the quarterback sees and doesn't see. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about because of his height. I'm just talking about their field vision. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned the hamstring. Could that have been an issue? Could the interior of the offensive line being banged up be be an issue? All of these things might happen. Mm -hmm. But it leads me to the same thing that you're kind of hinting at. Let's find out. Part of me is very, very curious to see what the verticality of this offense looks Mm -hmm. like with fresh eyes. We talked about it from the play calling standpoint. If the play calling's not working, maybe you need a set of fresh eyes looking at that play sheet um, just to, to, to stir things up. This might be a perfect time to do it, which sounds ridiculous to say that the Cardinals are treating this as a must-win, which they should be doing against a division opponent who's equally as desperate as them. It would be a foolish time to do that. If But if Kyler Murray is that marginalized, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe he's obviously the future at the position, yeah. but can you fix your issues offensively by sitting down your quarterback? It's this, well, it's this it, crazy conundrum. Well, listen, and, and that would... Well, it would it would help provide some clarity to exactly on on the blame meter uh-huh. exa- where who is where 
You know what I mean? Yes. Because y- you can't get around the fact that one of the re- one of the things that Steve Kime raved about Cliff Kingsbury last year was how the offense looked and how the head coach operated with Colt McCoy at the helm. Now, we know, again, Kyler Murray's the future of the team, and he better be the future of the team with the money you paid him. But it's it if if the checkdowns if checkdowns become the quarterback's primary instinct and response, it's like fight or flight. You're flighting is what you're doing. Yes. Matt Leinert became that guy. And he Absolutely. was and he and there was no no quarterback left. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to get the ball down the field. So if if you're wondering so to me this is this is interesting because Every quarterback misses open throws. Josh Allen misses open wide receivers. Uh-huh. It happens to everybody. And again, it becomes a very convenient excuse at times for coaches who say, look, this is not my fault. These plays are great. Look, it, it's it's hard to see everything, no matter who you are. No, absolutely. But, but if you're DeAndre Hopkins and you're really the only guy in that passing game that, that has got some real import to him, you can't. You can't be not looking at him. And this is a fact that has plagued the Cardinals throughout this season. Uh, again, the lack of the vertical passing game. And if yep. you look at just Kyler Murray's numbers in each of his four seasons through nine games, mm-hmm. I think this is an interesting statistic. Maybe I'm alone in this. Through nine games this year, Kyler Murray has completed 240 passes, which is by far the most he's completed in nine games. Second highest total was 212 in 2020. So that's a 28 pass difference over nine games. He's also by far thrown for the least amount of yards through nine games with the most completions. 2168. His quarterback rating through nine games is lower than it's been at any point. Yeah, that that has to change. And uh, but but again, the the if if you look at Buddha Baker's comments and and he's specifically asking telling people to do film work, that's also a red flag. And then that problem might that problem might proliferate beyond the quarterback. It might be part of the um yeah. part of the failure of this coaching staff. It might be and, and the lack know, of accountability. The defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. again, the play that, you know, Vance Joseph on yeah. the sideline uh admonishing or you know, basically begging his team to pay attention to the bootleg because they got killed by it and the biggest play of the game for Seattle to ice that game was a bootleg play where um, the Cardinals really didn't sniff it out at all. Here's, here's so. that sound. First down in the Seattle 15th. Play action. He boots to the right. The boot. There's the boot. We talked about the boot. Get him down. Oh my God. Just ignored any type of bootleg. You can't do it. Yeah, uh, I mean, right after the ball is thrown, you hear Vance. The oh my god! And the from oh Vance, my, and, and the oh my god is, is going running down the field. Down the, field. Yeah. the oh my god! Uh, yeah, that's wow. It's fascinating. Yeah, that really is. <laughs> so, you know, maybe, to answer your question, that film comment from Buda Bakers, probably not just steered toward the offense, steered toward the quarterback. That appears to be a, a team-wide an issue. Thing. Yeah, yeah, a team-wide thing. Because we both came away individually with one of the same takeaways, and that was, okay, feeling a lot better about this coaching staff and how they're handling and how they're communicating. But the message is falling on deaf ears. Some, somewhere it's being intercepted or at least interfered with. Or or, they're, or the not listening is a reflection of the coaching staff. Either way, this yeah. is, that's but but again, this is that's that's on football players. If you are being if you're being given coaching and you're not accepting the coaching, that's on you. Yes, but it also and what we don't know from watching one episode is where is the belief level? 
You know, that we, we got footage of the ninth game of the year. Yep. We got the behind the scenes of the ninth game of the year. Yep. How much is that m- consistent message tends to fall on deaf ears because you just don't get the results. And when you don't have a lack of when you have a lack of belief in what's being told to you, mm-hmm. you're not exactly going to bust yourself for it. And if you don't have any fear of repercussions, you you may not listen to it either. Either way, it's uh it's a lot of stuff to sort out. Yep. Text Devils to 620-620 for your chance to win VIP field and tailgate passes to see ASU take on the Oregon State Beavers courtesy of Bar S. That's Devils to 620-620. Coming up next, we'll get uh, the latest on the Matthew Stafford situation and what's going on with the LA Rams. Our friend Jordan Rodriguez, who covers the Rams for the Athletic, will join us next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley Murata mornings here on this Thursday. Get ready for Cardinals, Rams, Sunday. Two desperate football teams meeting on the field at SoFi Stadium. To give us the Rams perspective, we welcome back our friend of the show, our former co-worker, Jordan Rodriguez, who covers the Rams for the Athletic, joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Jordan, how are you? I'm good, guys. I got to tell you, last time uh, I was in town for Rams Cardinals, I got perhaps one of the more epic Dan Bickley rants uh, up in the press box, and then I was stoked to read about it in this column the next day, too. So it's great to be talking to you guys, and uh, man, what what a season both of these teams are having, huh? Oh, the drama, Jordan. The drama. It never ends. I think that's weird that you would say that, because my man Bickley is not prone to rant. I always rant. It's my blessing and my curse. Uh, all right, we got to start with the big news that came out yesterday. On a Wednesday, after a Sunday game, Matthew Stafford going into concussion protocol. I know there's probably not a lot of concrete information, but what do you know about this situation and the severity of it, Jordan? Yeah, well, first, I do know that um, after Sean McVay's press conference, when they said that he went into the protocol um, that day, which was a Wednesday, uh, team spokesman came back in and said, uh, no, 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 he actually went in the protocol on Tuesday. Um, so it's a very murky situation unfolding right now in Los Angeles. Um, you know, it's interesting because this group, they are not necessarily uh, confirming that he has been diagnosed with a concussion. Um, it's possible to be in the concussion protocol without actually having a concussion, mm-hmm. but after having concussion-like symptoms, I know that's a very fine line. But um, so right now, like I said, it just kind of illustrates the the point where this is a, a very gray area right now. Um, there's not a lot known about what's going on with Matthew or how he's feeling. Um, but they did find after the game that he was um, expressing some concussion-like symptoms, and so now he's in the protocol. And John Walford, who the Arizona Cardinals are actually familiar with, uh, would be the guy backing backing him up in that case. And All also, right. Arizona Hotshots yeah. fans are right, familiar right. with well, but we gotta, let, Let's back this up for a second here because uh, the implications, and I don't know whether this is true or not, but, but Matthew Stafford, as you know, Jordan, is as tough as they come at the position. And like Tua, he's one of those guys that you kind of have to protect from himself. And if he came you know, after the game with these symptoms, it means that you know, he maybe got concussed during the game. I guess the long-winded question is, it, 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 doesn't it feel like the Rams are going to have to err on the side of caution even for perception's sake to protect their quarterback absolutely i mean you guys saw the way that he got hit in that tampa bay game and we know that concussions are fickle and scary and very nuanced injuries where 
it can be anything at like head hitting the ground. Um, you know, it's all about sort of that, that what the, uh, you know, the experts call that brain slosh of, of what happens inside the skull when the, the body faces any sort of contact um, or any sort of external physics. And so it, it's, it, it's very, very tricky. And yes, you know, everyone talks about Matthew Stafford as tough as they come. And it was very telling to me that right out of the gate, Sean McVay was saying, listen, we have to look at the, the person right now and not just the player. And so to me, that indicated that, yes, this group is going to err on the side of caution, especially because, and I, and I asked this question directly of him yesterday, you know, at what point do you revisit, you know, the entire game start to finish and see did did we miss something did the spotter or independent consultant did they miss anything because everybody said including Sean McVay and John Walford when we talked to him in the locker room after nobody saw any signs uh, or, or everyone saying nobody saw any signs or any symptoms during the game itself it was only through those post-game checks where they kind of see where every player is at post you know in, in juxtaposition to their baseline test that they take at the beginning of the year that they sort of discerned that there was something going on. Jordan Rodriguez from The Athletic, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, here locally, the Arizona Cardinals currently have an offensive line problem with injuries. It's not the only reason for their struggles. Uh, the, the, the L.A. Rams have had a season-long offensive line issue. I don't think it's the only reason for their, their problems so far this year, Jordan, but you would know better than I, I would. How much of the, the Rams' struggles offensively are on that offensive line? I wouldn't say all. Um, I would say 95%, though. <laughs> I think, um, you know, they, they kind of faced and are facing a, a position catastrophe here. I mean, nine different offensive line alignments in nine different games. And you guys know this. You've been watching it for years. The, the Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan offense, it is progression-based. It is timing-based. It relies, especially in the run game, for one layer to open up another layer to open up another layer in terms of the blocking. And then it also relies on, um, you know, timing and progression within the route concepts and within some of those high-low layers and some of those um, crossers that they love to run. And it just hasn't – the protection has not been there. And it's not really for lack of, I think, a plan. I think they have a lot of things that they wanted to do, a lot of things that I saw them roll out during training camp with a lot of their, their skill position players and things that they, they can't do. You know, we talked about this last time. Allen Robinson, for far too long when there's no protection, being featured on the backside of a progression, it's just not going to work. You don't have the time. Matthew Stafford can't even turn his head around to the left um, in, in order to find the, the receivers on the backside if he can't be protected long enough to do so if he's immediately under duress. And you can't really predict, obviously, as you guys know, you're dealing with it in Phoenix right now, can't really predict what injuries are going to happen and when. But this is unprecedented for a Rams team that has often been among the top three or four teams in the league in a lack of of relevant snaps lost to injury, according to Football Outsiders, um, including in their Super Bowl year. But this is my count, and and I'm going to sound like I'm reading off uh, sort of like the antithesis of lotto numbers here but this is my count it's two left tackles three left guards three centers five right guards 
and one right tackle. That's Rob Havenstein holding it down on the right side. That's the only guy who has wow. not changed position. That's weird because wow. the only guy who's been constant on the Cardinals line is the right tackle as well, Kelvin Beecham. How about that? <laughs> All right, so uh, so Jalen Ramsey lighting up the offense after that last second drive by Tom Brady last week. Uh, does this mean the Cardinals are going to face a desperate, angry team, or are they going to face a broken team? How is this all playing out internally? Well, I think it's up to them, right? Like, it it wasn't just Jalen either. I think their center, Brian Allen, who came back um, this last week and really is someone who um, politely people describe as tenacious, so you can read between the lines on that one. Um, He he came out and and said, you know, if if we don't have guys who are going to strain and really kind of rip up the old copy into shreds and, and, and find a new way to do these things. And we got to find new guys. And so, and then Jalen Ramsey's very pointed comments. And, and I think, frankly, I think fair comments directed toward the offense, which is going three and out at a 40% rate on the other side of defensive stops, takeaways or turnovers on downs, by the way, which is freaking insane. Um, and, and so I think they, they really just got to, figure out a way to not even kick the door down, but string together some consistent some consistent drives and actually stay on the field. And they just haven't been able to do that so far. And so I think it's, you know, I, I think there's anger on the defensive side. They're trying to keep everything cohesive, trying to stay together and stay connected. I think there is some valid frustration and anger on the defensive side. The defense is playing well. Um, And I think there's sort of this understanding on the offensive side that it's on them. They need to figure out a way to just stay on the field. If they can put drives together, usually they can make something happen if given the opportunity. Um, And it's going to be up to them whether they come into this just with their tails tucked between their legs or actually looking to put something together and and get some cohesiveness going. Because, guys, this Rams offense – and hold on to something because this is mind-blowing this Rams offense is going three and out at a higher frequency than any Matthew Stafford led team for the first nine games of the season in history including some of those Lions teams wow <laughs> yeah We're talking good to, thing I was holding on to something <laughs> talking to Jordan Rodriguez from the Athletic. I warned you before I we, warned you you did before we let you go Jordan look the, the Rams are a proud team they're the defending Super Bowl champions um, and I know they would never advertise this but getting to four and five puts them back into the thick of this this muddled NFC picture do they feel secretly do you get the feeling that wow the Cardinals a team that we have owned over the last four to five years is next up on, on their schedule? You know, I think it, it it's an opportunity, right? I think if you just look at it just on paper as logically as possible, um, no matter who you are, you think, hey, that's an opportunity for a team that has not found its identity yet on offense to try to put something together. Um, the, the only real positive drive um, consistently this season for them have really been against the Cardinals. And so for me, I, I think if I'm, if I'm them, I think you cannot let what on paper looks like an opportunity slip through your fingers. Obviously nobody in there will admit it. And then on the other side, you got to factor in this Cardinals team is um, sort of, it, it seems to me from afar spiraling in similar ways that the Rams are. So they got to figure out too, you know, it, it's basically like two, um, you know, wounded animals, each in one corner, sort of staring each other down and figuring out who's going to get out of the door first. Yeah. And this is going to be, it, 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 I think it's going to be sloppy and chaotic, but the winner of this game, I think they keep their season alive. Yeah. Jordan, great stuff as always. Good to talk to you. Thank Hope you, you're Jordan. doing well.
Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Always my pleasure. Take care. Thank Jordan Rodriguez covers the Rams for The Athletic. She joined us on the uh, Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, it wasn't all hard knocks, but yesterday was kind of a day of revelations for the Arizona Cardinals. We'll get into some of those next. Spickley and Murata mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Spickley and Murata mornings. No, it doesn't. And those guys have been supportive. They understand um, it's a tough business, and um, we talk through things, have great communication, and I understand uh, they have a job to do as well. And, and so that's, that's never been an issue at all. We're all on the same page and have been since I got here. I mean, they took a chance on a fired head coach that, um, from college, and, and so uh, we've always kind of had that as our basis, and we'll continue to work together and try to get this thing right. Cliff Kingsbury, yesterday the head coach of the Cardinals, when asked uh, whether a season like the Cardinals are going through right now, Strange the relationship between him and the front office and the ownership, and he's got a definitive uh, no answer to that. But also uh, talked about this in, uh, uh, in terms of watching game film, and this this was interesting to a lot of people. There's always great communication. We sit with Michael and watch the film, um, DJ and I, every week, and so he has a great understanding of what we're trying to do and where we're falling short, and we take ownership for what we need to take ownership for and, and say what we're going to do moving forward. So the um, communication has been clear, and uh, everybody's been great. An owner watching film with a head coach yeah. and a defensive coordinator. Look, I can't sit here and say with much certainty at all that this happens in any other NFL city. I'm guessing it probably does. It probably doesn't get talked about a lot because mm-hmm. owners would get accused of micromanaging, meddling, whatever M word you right. want to use right. there. They all apply. Yeah. They all apply. They all apply. Yeah. And so I, so I think it becomes an issue. To me, I, 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 like many other people, my eyes went, what? When that was revealed yesterday, a lot of people said, yeah, that's Cliff telling on him himself again. But uh, to me, I really need more context in this because I've got mixed feelings about this. Uh, to be consistent, um, I, I, I want to say that in watching the Phoenix Suns, we, we saw the worst of the Phoenix Suns when Robert Sarver was meddling the most. And we saw the worst of the Phoenix Suns when he hired unqualified people, particularly head coaches and general managers, to do really big ja- jobs. And and uh, w- nobody could figure out why somebody as smart and as successful as Robert Sarver was doing that. And a lot of people assumed it, it was because that's what he needed to keep control. A lot of people believe that if he went out and hired a big name head coach, that head coach would have preconditions and that precondition would be not having an owner in every NBA office at all times and in the coach's office after games and in the locker room at all times. And, and that was a bad thing. And, and in fact, one of the secrets to the Suns revival is getting a GM in place in James Jones who had the ability to go out and hire an accomplished head coach and creating a separation. Robert Sarver even admitted that he got better at that, and I think it helped the basketball team. Now, Michael Bidwell is very, very involved in the Cardinals. That's that's obvious to anybody who has covered them or paid attention in recent years. Um, and as I've said before, I've given him a ton of credit for bringing this football team out of the dark ages. So at one point in time, I think there was a definitive need to, to, to be more proactive in situations. And, and, I, and I think he threaded that needle for many, many years. Years, but but this year it's it's you're dealing with a, a bad product, and this is this can be problematic in the eyes of fans because they they wonder, all right, what what is this all about? Why are you watching film? Does does this mean you would never hire a guy like Sean Payton? Because I don't think a guy like Sean Payton would spend some of his time when he could get ready for the next opponent 
watching film with the owner. And yeah. I, so, so again, so that dynamic that brought out the worst in Robert Sarver, I think, can be questioned in this case. But I also think that this is holding also could be seen as holding Cliff Kingsbury accountable uh, in a way that maybe he doesn't hold his players accountable. And, and that is, OK, look, this offense is awful. You show me what is going wrong. So you, so I'm going to come and sit down with you and we're going to go over this because I want to understand where the issues are because I am your boss and I am paying you a lot of money. And and Cliff has got the kind of humility to say, that's fine. I, I'll, I'll carve out some time to do this with you. You took a chance on me. I work for you. So I've got mixed feelings about it because too much meddling is a bad thing. We have seen that repeatedly in sports. We saw it with the Phoenix Suns. Yet at the same time, if I were the owner of the Arizona Cardinals, I would want to know why this <laughs> offense is operating the way it is. Especially after you just, you know, the ink's not dry on a $230 million yeah. qu- uh, contract yeah. for your quarterback. Yeah. I think the word you used that is key to all of this is context. We don't we don't have a lot of context here. We don't have a lot of historical context on whether this has happened with previous head coaches. Um, we don't know if this is just informational. We don't know if it crosses over to suggestions from the owner. I would doubt that. I, oh know, yeah, the, no, I, I I really don't think that would be happening. Yeah, uh, because. You know, then you're crossing over into it, it, that's that's mega meddling. Mm-hmm. If you want to use mm-hmm. two M's to describe that, yeah. Um, I just thought it. I, I thought it was interesting well, that it came out. I'm, I'm going to tell you why 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 I feel differently and why why I'm actually kind of happy about it because when I mentioned Michael Bidwell bringing this franchise out of the dark ages, it was a very difficult thing he did because it was largely his father who was responsible for putting him there. So he basically he he basically brought the Cardinals to a better place while honoring his father at the same time and that's a hard needle to thread but but being around him early on in the process you could see how ambitious he was and and just how on top of everything he was and just how combative he could be to 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 get the end and the means that he that he wanted and I'm I'm glad that that's still in play because that was part of the reason why the Cardinals got out of the dark ages because of that very ambition mm-hmm. and I was worried that maybe that was waning and the thing I'm curious about is how long has this been going on? Well, that's is this the something other thing. from day one. That's the other, thing. or is it since they started struggling? That's the other thing. Because if it's if it's a if it's a I, let's let's be buddy buddy things, then that's that's more problematic than not. But even you know, it, for anybody that watched Hard Knocks last night um, to see Michael Bid, and that's that's not out of the ordinary for an owner to sit with a general manager during the game. No, but no. it just feels like there's a lot of football discussion going on uh, up there. And, mm-hmm. and and Michael Bidwell at one point, you know, points out, hey, he looks at the formation and says, I think we're going to have D Hop over here, and that's the play that led to the touchdown. It might be nothing more than a guy just trying to get more in tune with what you know what he's paying for, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. what what is being put out on the field. Um, I wonder if that is something that fut- now that it's out there, if future hard knocks episodes, if will, there's going to be more of this, we'll we'll show that. I I don't yeah. know. I mean. I- I don't yeah. think we'll see a lot of footage of, of coaches watching film. There was one interesting well, thing we haven't it, talked about yet yeah, about, about film study with a coach, and mm-hmm. that was Bill Davis, the linebacker's coach. Very early in the episode, there's a film study going on, and the phrase, this led to the softest game I've ever seen played by a linebacker. He's talking to somebody in that room. Did, did, did that res- resonate with you at all? It might be Zavin Collins against the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. Is that your thought? That's my thought. He uh he got pushed around by Johnny Munt 
In fact, after that game, Mark Schlereth called Johnny Munt one of his favorite players. Yeah. And Johnny Munt was totally vibing on that. <laughs> Mark Schlereth knows who I am? Oh, my goodness. He did the game. It's a guess. It's a guess. Uh, but I do know that he graded out very, very poorly, which was why his interception return for a touchdown last week was so important. Yes. Yeah. Now, I'm guessing. I'm just okay. guessing. I just thought that was because that, that was a pretty big moment in, the, in that because, episode. Yeah, too. yeah. Because I, I, I don't think when Isaiah Simmons plays poorly, it's never an issue of playing soft. True. And the other guys, I, I think, I think, I think he was referencing Zayvon Collins. All right, fair. That's my guess. Yeah, but that's all just, it is. Just a guess. Uh, coming up next, we'll hit the uh, nine o'clock hour. Sarah will take us through some social studies at our Twitter account. Uh, at Bickley underscore Murata. That's next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.